And now it's time to bait our hooks, cast our nets, drop our poles in the water, and fish for some jokes with Down on the Dock. We're back. <laughs> I always forget about that. Yeah, it's fu- everybody does. Yeah. Sometimes I do it, and I don't think a lot of listeners know. Once in a while, I have to do a retake. Sure. sure. Uh, guys, welcome to Down on the Docks. My name is Chris Neff, joined as always by my good friend, producing partner Dave Sarah. How are you, pal? Hello. A uh, lot, a lot of fun stuff last week. I know you've been on pins and needles yeah. trying to decide yeah. if this Ann Friedman character we've been discussing in the documentary made you look a true story about fake art. Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, directed by Barry Average. We're going to get into it yes. in a moment. Again, like my comedy, Barry Average. Buddy, you had so many comments last week. People yeah. were like, "Why can't Dave always be this funny?" Just because I was interrupting a lot. Well, just interrupt you a lot. Like, it's funny. If that's what it takes sure. for us to have a comic podcast yeah. about documentaries, yeah. let's do it. Yeah. Eight hours of podcasting. <laughs> uh, for those of you just joining us. On a 30-minute documentary. We're going to tell you what this podcast is all about. What is Down on the Docks all about, Dave? Well, basically, Chris watches the documentaries, and then uh, he comes and tells me about them. And then maybe one day I'll watch them, but it has not happened yet. If you want to send us a message, you can on Instagram, mm-hmm. down on the docks pod. Yep. Messages on Twitter, down on the docks, or you can send us an email at down on the docks at gmail.com. And of course, you can follow me, Dave.Sarah, on Instagram. I need some followers. Yeah, I need you to get rid of that creepy uh, <laughs> voice that reminds me of a comic I don't exactly uh, you respect. Don't know, no. uh, that's true. You can do that. You can also <laughs> follow me at uh, Chris Neff Comedy on Twitter. Horse tooth on uh, Instagram, and here's the other thing: a lot of good action in the Discord lately. So join uh, the Discord for the memes. Yes. Uh, stay for the laughs. Yes. Maybe you learn a little about Mario Kart while you're in there. Yeah. <laughs> so, and if uh, you're cool enough, maybe I'll make you a moderator even. Yeah. And yeah. then you'll be on the inside chat where we're talking all the shit about all the cool people or not cool people. Well, let's get into it, Dave. Yeah. Uh, actually, before we do, sure. um, don't forget, I'll say it again, this yeah. podcast doesn't run on uh, rivers of butterscotch and children's laughter. From the river to the scotch. <laughs> so uh, please tell our listeners who this week's uh, episode is sponsored by. This week's episode of Down on the Docks is brought to you by Broccoli Farms, established in 2016 San Diego, California, by cannabis entrepreneur Anthony Bird. Broccoli Farms is a modern take on cannabis brands around the world. By combining new terminology involving cannabis worldwide, Anthony created a cannabis brand that uniquely represents the entire cannabis industry as one. Broccoli Farms. Are you sure it's not cannabis industry as four, maybe? The lowest delivery minimum in San Diego, fair prices and quality products makes Broccoli Farms one of the best deliveries in San Diego for almost a decade. Be sure to mention, we got to change that to a decade pretty yeah. soon. Yeah, good point. <laughs> Be sure to mention Down on the Docks podcast for 15% off your next order, along with first-time patient gifts and rewards. Fuck that pussy. <laughs> Check them out today on Instagram at broccolifarm619 and daves.sarah. Okay, made you love Sticky Straps. A true story about fake art directed by Barry Average, also known as your comedy career. Yes. 
Don't forget, this is a true... I look up to average still. Well, that's not me you're looking <laughs> up to. <laughs> well, that's okay. Um, don't forget, this is a true story about fake art. Uh, names have not been changed to protect the innocent, as some are not that innocent. Now, Dave, when we left off, um, as you recall, Ann Friedman uh, was the director of the Nodler Gallery who was selling these pieces of fake art. And at this point, one of her friends... Jack Elam, um, he was involved, was basically saying, hey, you have a, a mother well that's a fake. And uh, she was like, yeah, I don't think it's a fake. I trust all my sources. Um, well, the feds at this point. Whoa. Uh, American feds? Yeah. The, not the federale? Yeah, this is when the feds get involved. Federale. Well, obviously, once the feds are involved, Anne takes this personally. Uh, she says it was warlike behind my back to take me to the FBI. FBI, okay. And I'll I was get, wondering, like, what? Oh, you thought it, could it was be, the Mexican it could be federales? Because no, we were talking about the Mexicans? No, because it was, no, because I, I wonder if it could be the CIA, because since oh. it's international. Right. That fucking international. Okay. Anyway, my whole concept is with this, with Anne, it's like, Anne, you were warned. Yeah. Okay. You There were signs. What do you expect? Well, Jack Flam. Yeah, he says, it seemed to be clear to me that she knew or should have known that these paintings were fakes. That by saying, I'm going to the FBI, what good was it going to do? Well, Ann says, Jack could have had a sit down with me and talked about his concerns about the art. Well, at this point, the director jumps in and he says, well, did he not? And she says, not really. He confronted me in front of others. That's not sitting down and talking about his concern and concern for me. And this is trouble. I don't want to see you in trouble. My God. I thought these were right initially. I think I was wrong. I think you're wrong. And you mean well. I know that because I know you because I've known you for years. I mean, there is a way this could have been done humanly. Okay. But okay. that didn't happen. <clears throat> This was an attack. Oh. Uh, they did get to correct, excuse me, answer, but how they did it and how they tried to destroy my reputation. Well, that's another matter. Well, if you recall, Jason Hernandez, he is the uh, assistant U.S. attorney. He says, I knew this was going to be big because either the paintings are all real or they're all fake. So we're either talking about $80 million worth of fake paintings which is going to be one of the largest frauds in U.S. history, if not the biggest. Now, he's not, oh, uh, yeah, he's saying our frauds. Uh, or we're dealing with an amazing collection that the world should see and they should have displayed. Once I figured out conclusively that the paintings were fake, I knew that we were sitting on an enormous case. Now, Dave, at this moment, I'd like to take a detour um, and talk to you about some of the world's largest art frauds that I uncovered. So if you don't mind, I'd like a little Simpsons music. Hans Van Mergeren. You ever hear of mm -hmm. him? Hans Van Mergeren? <laughs> Hans, Hans Van Mergeren, Hans for sure. Van Meegeren. Hans Meegeren. Van Meegeren. Meegeren. Yeah. Meegeren. You ever hear cool. of him? No. Well, he's Dutch. Now, he was an artist. Ah. And he turned, he turned to forgery after his peers criticized his own works because they were unoriginal. 
So in response, he decided to prove his talent by creating and selling a piece said to be a Johannes Vermeer. Okay, now do you know who Vermeer is? Um, that name does sound familiar. Was he a sculptist? No. Okay, was he an artist? He was a painter. Painter, okay. Vermeer is regarded... Is sculpturist or sculptist? It's a sculptor. Sculptor. <laughs> so you weren't even close. <laughs> Vermeer is regarded as one of the great masters. Okay? Now, a lot of his paintings are... Sculpturalist. <laughs> <laughs> That's like crucifixion, dude. It's you were off. I, I didn't want to call you on it. I just thought you'd move along. Okay. Anyway, Vermeer's uh, works are well regarded in the in the war the art world yeah. because of their lighting. Sure, okay. sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Some how the of, line lighting comes through. Correct. That's what Kincaid was really good at too, right? Getting the the lights coming out of the the Kincaid? house. Yeah, Who's Kincaid? Yeah, Kincaid. This guy Kincaid, right? <laughs> Am I wrong about the name? I don't remember. He's like a more modern kind of... Do you of, mean Kandinsky? No, nah, I think his name's Kincaid. Okay. So anyway... Drawing a lot of like houses. Uh, like I bring Vermeer up because uh, I did watch a documentary recently called Tim's Vermeer. Okay. And... Uh, I know Wood Veneer. I, okay. Different different letters. Really? And them. Uh, but it was about the process of a guy trying to recreate a Vermeer painting in the modern day. And the theory was... Thomas Kincaid, American painter. Okay. The theory was that Vermeer didn't actually paint on an easel. He used what was known as a camera obscura. What's that? It's the early uh, invention of a camera. Okay. So what he would do is you would basically have... Uh, a room. You'd set up a room, okay. and this device projected it on the wall. Oh, what a pussy! Right. So a lot Whoa, of people. What a fuck! How do they find that? They, they don't knew. know if it's true or not. Oh. It, this is all theory, and we might discuss this if we cover Tim's Vermeer. But in the documentary, it's uh, Pendulet and his friend who creates comes with this task of creating a Vermeer, wow. and it takes him like a year. Okay. okay, I mean, obviously they're going to take a while still. But he literally uses the camera obscura, so he's looking at a three-inch piece and just doing it bit by bit. And, it, and it's And it's basically copying what yeah. you see. Yeah, tracing. But it's tracing. But it's not tracing because you're still creating the art. Okay. Oh, I see what you mean. Like you're originally making it to into, that, into that thing. But there are oh, some people that believe that somebody. he used this, and that's why his oh. works have such amazing definition and seamless transitions from shadow to light. So, well, that part of it, I didn't know. I thought maybe he was getting something else, you know, making, but if he's making the obscuras, whatever they're called. Yeah. That's cool. It's amazing. Anyway, we might, what year is this ish? He he was 15th century, I believe 15 or 16. How do they direct the light? So he's like, how does he direct the light? I don't know. It's wild stuff though. Wow. If you do want to get a head start on it, check out Tim's Vermeer and maybe we'll cover it on on a later episode. Anyway. So Van Meergeren, he says, I'm going to create a new Vermeer, uh, which was called supper at Imos in 1937. Now, it comes out, people love it, all right? Uh, they called it the masterpiece of Johannes Vermeer of Delft. Well, the painting was then bought by um, a prestigious gallery. Well, 
Von Mirgering had initially planned to reveal that he was the true creator, because you got to remember, he just said, hey, I found this Vermeer, all right? But he instead continued forging and creating six new Vermeers, which made him an estimated $60 million. Now, huh. this was in 1937. So these art pieces were selling to world-famous museums. And guess who one of his biggest customers was? Rothschild. No. Herman Goering. Who's that? Buddy. Have you ever was watched he the History Channel? Yeah. I don't he, really get into He was really the head honcho like of the Luftwaffe. I don't like watching that fake shit. He was hit, basically Hitler's number fake three. Fake World War II. All of it was okay. fake. This ultimately... 20 million Russians. You, yeah, right. you know how I feel about this. The Great Generation is responsible for us being here, sitting and doing this podcast. How many of the Great Generation died? They all died somehow. But so they're all, somehow they're all here. They're almost all dead. Good. Okay. I want them to die. <laughs> there goes our... our Dude, this, it's, this is the great transition right now. Uh, it's not the reset? It's the, That's part of it. Okay. Let's keep moving on. With, the reset is to get into the next... Let's keep moving on. Now, this, of course, led to Van Meergen's downfall because he got arrested for selling a valuable piece of Dutch cultural property to the Nazis. Yeah. Okay. I bet he did. So to, fucking tea set. So to avoid treason charges... diamonds. Van Meergeren decided to admit that the work was fake. So he became famous as the man who swindled Goring, uh, as well as the greatest art for forger of his day. So he ended up um, dying a few weeks into his one-year prison sentence in 1947. So this guy is known as the great forger of paintings of all time? Well, up until 1937. Okay. We're also going to discuss Elmer Dehori. And then the Chinese were created. <laughs> More like then they discovered the Chinese yeah. works that they've been doing forever. Okay. And then, yeah. The so, C and then the CCP was created. Ever hear of Elmer Dehori? Nope. Okay, well, he was Hungarian, all right? Ah, fucking gypsy. And he started foraging after World War II in Paris. Foraging, human trafficking, he did everything. Hey, man, that was, that was well, I mean... Germany was the place to be after World War II, you know, when yeah. it was quadrants and controlled by four different governments. Sure. You could just, you know, you could sell your wares on anything. the street. Yeah. Well, he decides um, that he, he's going to start forging after, after the war and selling pen and ink drawings to a British woman who mistakenly believed them to be Picasso's. Oh. He went on to Pablo? sell... Yeah, okay. a thousand paintings to galleries across the world, which included all of these forged Picassos. <laughs> they're all Dave Picassos. Yeah, they're those <laughs> ones that you find on napkins. <laughs> Picasso fucking drew this for me at the bar on 68th Street. Yep. He was also counterfeit, uh, counterfeiting works by Degas, Degas, excuse me, Matisse, and Modigliani. Now, uh, he did attempt to kickstart his own career, but the money was nothing compared to the huge profits that he was making from these fakes. Well, eventually the galleries are like, bro, <laughs> where are you getting all this stuff from? Yeah. And they realize they're forgeries. Well, he goes on the run and then he returns to uh, his home, which was in Ibiza, and he goes to prison for two months in 1968. Now, this was for a number of crimes, including homosexuality, which was, you know, illegal back then. 
And his forgery couldn't be proved. There was no proof of whether any of his counterfeits were created on Spanish soil. So after he left prison, he was a celebrity. And he appeared in the Orson Welles documentary, F for Fake. But he roped in 1976 uh, after the Spanish government agreed to extradite him to France. He wasn't even born yet. No. Here's the problem. What? Many of these works are still in circulation today. Oh, so I think that's probably brought down the cost of these ten dollar Picassos. You think you can uh, buy? Ah, shucks. Uh, next, we're going to discuss Tom Keating. By, by the, the way, way, go by ahead. By the way, sculpturist is a word. Oh, it is. Yes. Boy, that was really biting at you, huh? I just thought I'd look it up anyway. <laughs> okay. Because it, yeah. Just want to make sure. By the way, I want you to keep in mind. Yes. I want you to move on to talking about these forgers. Who do you yeah. think is the greatest? Oh, out of all of them? or like Once I finish the list, you're going to decide. Oh, okay. Tom Keating, you ever hear of him? You don't have to keep asking that question. I haven't heard of any. Are you people. sure? <laughs> but then it would, it would throw off my comedic timing, so I'm going to okay. keep asking. Okay. Well, Keating... We wouldn't want to do that. Keating claimed to have faked over 2,000 paintings by more than 100 different artists, including okay. Rembrandt. Now we're talking. And Samuel Palmer. Um, the British art restorer and forger declared that his counterfeits were motivated by his socialist politics rather than financial gain. Uh, he wrote in his book, The Fake like it. Progress. Like it. it seemed disgraceful to me how many artists had died in poverty. All their lives they had been exploited by unscrupulous dealers. And then, as if to dishonor their memory, these same dealers continued to exploit them in death. In his eyes, his fakes were an attack on the gallery system intended to fool the experts and break the industry. Well, after the Times published an article accusing him of his crimes in 1970, Keating confessed to his forgeries and was arrested in 1979 along with his former lover and accomplice, Jane Kelly. Though she had to serve time in prison after pleading guilty, Keating escaped a sentence after being severely injured in a motorcycle accident. Then he gets bronchitis in the hospital. They They drop the charges. And he, they don't think he's going to survive. Oh, no. Right? But he bounces back and yeah. he ends up living until 1984. Now, these works still sell for thousands. Um, and last reported in around 2005, his forgeries were selling on the market between 5,000 to 10,000 British pounds. So, uh, not bad. Pretty he sold over 2,000. Yeah. All right. It's a good one. Good contention. Uh-huh. Plus, I uh, was already on a motorcycle, so kind of a cool guy. Seems like he wants to so fuck. So he's your favorite so far? <laughs> Seems like he wants to fuck. <laughs> so let's talk about John Mayat, shall we? Who? John Mayat. Whoa. Born in I 45. Know okay. Do you really? No, stupid. Okay. He was uh, a forger and in um, an accomplice of John Drew. John Drew. Okay. Okay. <laughs> And these it's guys, like John Jovi, these guys, <laughs> these guys perpetrated one of the biggest art frauds of the 20th century. Ooh, okay, okay. I'm not going to go based on price here. Okay, now and you shouldn't. Yeah. So he uh, profited from his forgery career through his creation of what he referred to as genuine fakes. Have you ever seen those fake card unveilings where they pretend to open up a package oh, of yeah, fake yeah, yeah, cards? Yeah. It's like 9 yeah, 11. The best. We should do one on, <laughs> we should do one on uh, uh, people who like 
you know, did fake art, did fake art, and open up <laughs> fucking stupid cards. Up, oh, we got the Rembrandt or whatever the fucking. The, I saw the Rembrandt Wrangler or whatever. It's crazy because my thing is watching them open like vintage baseball cards. Yeah, I know. That's why it's mocking on that. That's why yeah. it's hilarious. Too. Yeah, because but I saw a guy open a, a box of 1972 tops the other day. Yeah, nothing. He'd be he pull out a card. <laughs> yeah. He'd be like, I got the bench. And then his wife's in the kitchen. Uh, How much does the bench go for in Gem 10? And she'd be like, honey, that's $15,000. And then he'd be like, well, it's off center. It's got a <laughs> gum stain. Uh, bet corner, it's probably a, a seven. And she's like, well, a seven's got to be worth something. And then he'd be like, $28. <laughs> so. It's is that really, is that really what yes. it is? Yeah. So basically, you're only selling shit that's 9.5s. It's 9.5s or 10s. Dude, my cousin fucking has some... Like, I went to his house again, and he showed me some of the Star Wars shit. Yeah. And it's like he's got some cre- pretty incredible stuff. I mean, he's got, at this point, hundreds of these unbubbled cards from, mm-hmm. from Revenge... from of Return, the Sith? Return of the Sith. Yeah. A movie, no. Revenge of the Jedi. A movie that never was made. Correct. It was, it was Return- originally titled yeah, Re- Revenge. Revenge of the Jedi. And like he just sold one for like a, just a nothing like guard. Yeah. Something like like Period Emperor's Guard. Royal, like Emperor, Is it yeah. the red one? Yeah, I think. Yeah. And for like $15,000. Yeah. And he's got hundreds of Why them. Why are we doing this podcast and not robbing him? Dude, I don't even want to mention any more information. <laughs> All right, let's get back to my Too easy to find his place. My was the son of a farmer. Okay. He went to art school. And he he goes to school and he determines that he's quite successful at mimicry, okay? And at the time, he was only painting for amusement for friends. And he worked as a songwriter for a time and claims authorship of the song Silly Games, which was a number two hit for Janet Kay in uh, the UK in 1979. Well, his wife left him in 1985, and he gave up teaching to spend more time with his children. And he attempts to make a living painting original works in the same style of well-known artists. So he places an ad in Private Eye magazine, which read Genuine Fakes, 19th and 20th century paintings for 150 pounds. So he initially comes out and he's like, hey, I'm honest about this. All right, these are fakes. Uh, but then he meets this guy, John Drew. He becomes a regular customer and Drew decides to sell them as genuine works, okay? So at this point, Christie's buys a piece for like 25,000 pounds, and Mayette transitions into an accomplice with Drew in the fraud. Now, he did Chagall's, uh, he did Corbusier's, uh, Dubuffet's, uh, Matisse's, um, Sutherland's, that'd be Graham. Well, according to police, he painted around 200 forgeries in a regular schedule and delivered them to Drew in London. And police were only to recover about 60 of them. Well, Drew had sold them to Christie's, Phillips, Sotheby's, mainly dealers in London and Paris and New York. So in 95, he gets arrested by... Which are like the three big places. Exactly. Scotland Yard. Okay. Scotland Yard finds him. Yeah. And he confesses and he says, look, I painted these with uh, emulsion paint and KY jelly. Where else could they possibly have them? A cow? Good question. Hong Kong? I mean, <laughs> but where else would be? The whole point Moscow. was he used this KY jelly 
because it dried quickly. Okay. So then it's going to like hopefully show some age and be like reminiscent of original pigments. Yeah. Well, he estimates he made about 275,000 pounds and he offers in to what year? 95 95 not bad mm-hmm. offers bad, to bad. return the money uh but the the yard they're like you got to help us convict drew so oh. yeah and at this point he's not liking drew so much does he get to keep the money <laughs> no oh uh now here's the thing he says he made 275 k he probably made way more than that well, right well the total profits were over 25 million <laughs> yeah so hell yeah um, he gets the, so he gives back to 295k or whatever it is. Well, <laughs> and he keeps the Scotland Yard. They raid Drew's place okay. in London, and they find that they had found materials he had used to forge the COAs, the God, certificates London of authenticity. Such a dude. London's amazing, bro. <laughs> That's not. Dude. By the way, I might just be ending there permanently. Oh, dude, it's terrible. Oh, it's the best. Okay, he also altered provenance of genuine paintings and link them to Mayat's forgeries. So that was kind of like his thing. He'd find like legit provenances of other paintings and then be like, oh, well, there's another one that you didn't know about it. And then he'd have Mayat, you know, make that painting. So he goes to trial in 98 and uh, was sentenced to one year in prison uh, for conspiracy to defraud. This is Mayat and Drew together. Um, Mayette gets released after serving four months and Drew was sentenced to six years for conspiracy and served two. So, um, you know, pretty decent run, you know, until he get popped. Sure. Now we're going to discuss somebody who I find fascinating. Yeah. Wolfgang Beltraki. You ever heard of him? Nope. Well, you should, because I mentioned him on the last episode. Okay. Beltraki stole alive. This who? Oh, who's this? This is a big fat guy. This is a grease ball. No. Okay. That's this is the Asian guy then, right? No. Okay. <laughs> he's a German art forger, uh, and he's also a visual artist. Okay, so he's also okay. Yeah. So I mean, it technically, okay. What's it? Oh, a visual like, artist, like a like a makeup, multi- like makeup. Eh, like you pull out the TV, you get some projection screens. Oh God! So he's an AV guy. <laughs> he's, an, he's an audio engineer. Great. Well, he uh, admitted to forging hundreds of paintings in an, an inter- international art scam that netted millions of euros. Well, he had an accomplice. His accomplice was his wife. Huh. So they sold fake Max Ernsts, fake uh, Heinrich Campendogs, uh, fake Fer- uh, Fernand Lagers, and Keith Van Dongens. Uh, and he was found guilty for forging 14 works for a combined $45 million. Now, he claims he faked 50 different artists and estimates the profits at over $100 million. Well, wow. according to Beltraki's own statements, his first copy was a Picasso when he was 14 years old. Anyway, he gets expelled from school at 17. What? Oh, not for painting, obviously. No. But he was doing a ton of LSD, opium. Hell yeah. And Hell yeah. traveling through Europe. Favorite. Opium's your favorite? No. This okay. guy's my favorite. Oh, this guy's your favorite. Yep. 
So he lived in. Uh, Anytime, any, any, if somebody has drugs in their bio, yeah. done. He lived in Spain, France. Well, in the 80s, he starts to run an art gallery with a business partner. 80 what? Uh, just, just the 80s. Let's just say 86. Okay. I was just born. Okay. He has a falling out, and his partner accuses Beltrock of stealing paintings from his house. I mean, okay. All right. Well, at this point, he meets uh, Hel- uh, Helen Beltrocki, and he marries her. Well, <laughs> Wow, they had the same last name? <laughs> well, uh, her um, maiden name was Fisher, Okay, I think. Oh, Bobby. <laughs> So anyway, oh, I know what it is. He uh-huh. adopted her name. Yes, she was Beltrocki. So he's Wolfgang was Wolfgang Fisher, but then he married his wife, and he's like, "I'm taking your name." That's uh, what happened. A very progressive. Yeah. By the, way, to evade by the way, the law. by the way, evading you, the if, law. If I marry you and you yeah. don't take my name, yeah, you don't get half after you divorce me. Okay, that's the I'll, rule. I'll take your name for half. All right. I'll take your name for all of it once you die. That wasn't a marriage proposal. You're going under the knife soon. That wasn't a marriage proposal. You're going under the knife soon. That's right. We'll talk about that at the end of the show. Now, uh, at this point, he designed the artwork to The Fall of a Rebel Angel, which was the eighth studio film from German musical Project Enigma. You ever hear of him? No. Project Enigma. Enigma the band? Enigma. You've never heard of Enigma? What's a? Don't sing it. Uh, never mind. I've heard the band. Sal, don't It's almost hit. Sal, dimwa. was the best, bro. Anyway, okay. Anyway, let's talk about his forgeries. So here's what Beltraki Beltraki did. He did not copy existing and well-known paintings. This is his genius. And he did like the, the one-off, like the slight. He does the one-offs. Yeah. So he good. does the same that's style that's of the artist in question. Make $12,000 of painting. No, 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 no. I'm just saying. He make, made up the titles and motives or claimed that a painting of his was a lost work that was only known by its title in old documents or catalogs. Because these catalogs with Providence go back years, but sometimes they go missing or they disappear from world history. So he'd go into these records of these lost paintings smart, smart. and be like, oh, dude, I found it. But to do that, he needs to create false provenance, right? So he claimed that Helene Beltraki's grandfather, this would be his uh, grandfather-in-law, was the wealthy industrialist Werner Jager, okay? And they were friends. Um, to a German Jewish art dealer named uh, Alfred uh, Flechtheim in the 20s. Well, what they did is they claimed that Flechtheim sold a cache of works to Jager before going into exile during the Second World War. And many of the paintings that Beltraki sold, which were forged by him, allegedly came from this collection. Now, there were several important holes in his story. For one, Jager's had been a member of the Nazi party in the 30s, making oh, it unlikely that he would have befriended a Jewish dealer. Oh, God. I think that makes it all the more likely. Hey, I buddy, mean, I'm going to be your friend. I'm going to save you. Just well, give me some paintings. I mean, look at George Soros. George Soros is Jewish. We don't get political on this show. That has nothing to do with being political. I mean, it's a known fact that he betrayed Jews during World War II. Known fact? Not interested, though. We're talking about art. Yeah, so anyway, saying, like, they, they, they had no problem saying they had no problem befriending him. He okay. was a Jew. Let's keep going. 
Now, the story held enough weight for the Beltrakis to use this for many years. Now, when the credibility of the story gets questioned, the Beltrakis delivered proof that the paintings had been in the family since the 20s. Now, you're probably asking, well, how could they do this? Nope. They delivered old family photographs uh -huh. with Helene Beltrakis' grandmother in a room uh -huh. with the paintings in the background. Wait. So they're saying, this painting's real because we have a black and white photograph uh, what year is this? This is recently. I've yeah, been. this is in like the fucking 80s. Maybe That's awesome. And they're fake? They're faking those paintings. That's awesome. Guess who the subject was pretending to be grandma? Who? Beltraki's wife. Oh. Okay. So they literally are creating studio sets of old houses, old apartments, and, and taking the black. work they already painted yeah. and putting it in the background. And saying this is a vintage photograph from the 20s. That means they got to go out and find the vintage uh, film stock. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, it's easy these days. If you do it like that, you could fucking, you know how stupid these fucking shit libs are that study art all day? Getting political again, I see. Yeah. Now, I anyway, mean, the other side's retarded also. He gets caught after selling a work by Han uh, Heinrich Kampendonk. Cuckservatives. There you go. Um, Camp and Dog. Yeah. And the painting is then sold to a company in Malta for 2.88 million pounds. Sick. Well, Beltraki had used a paint tube that had been produced in the Netherlands. And the paint contained titanium white, which was not specified on the label. Well, that pigment, pigment had not been in use in Camp and Dog's times. Um, as Beltraki remembered, because he had not mixed his own paint this one time, the forgery was uncovered. Okay. It only takes one time. So he goes to court in uh, 2010 and um, let's see, he gets arrested the same year and then he goes on trial and admits that he forged 14 paintings uh, by many, many famous artists. And then his accomplices, they get mild sentences and the estimated trial that Beltraki had made a profit of $16 million. So he gets sentenced to six years in jail, and his Easy. wife, Helene, was sentenced to four years. Easy. One of his accomplices gets five years. Easy. His sister, or Helen, Helene's sister, she gets 21 months suspended sentence. Now, afterwards, this is great. They were allowed to serve their sentence in an open prison as long as they had regular jobs, okay? So they get a job, and so they're... That's going to, like, on Friday at night? Come, it's like they, work release. Yeah. So while he's in prison, he collaborates with a photographer and produced a number of mixed-media works, including paintings and bedding photographs of himself. And Helene gets out of the joint in uh, 2013, and then he gets out in 2015, and he agreed to paint only his own name uh, and to move from Germany to France. So interestingly enough, he had sold a piece called Le Fort II, which was a fake 1927 Max Ernst oil painting. And it was appraised. And um, this gentleman, Warner Spies, is issues a COA for it. What's that? Certificate of Authenticity. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then he puts uh, Wolfgang's wife, Helene, in touch with who, Dave? I don't know. Famous Swiss art dealer, Yves Bouvier. Ooh, that name I've heard, Yves Bouvier. He was the grease ball that created uh, the Freeports 
from yeah from the dolly fucking boobs yeah dude. Bouvier, Bouvier. Oh, yeah. that's also Marge's nickname in The Simpsons. Yeah, well, there you go. He, Simpsons. He was the full one cir- full circle. He was the one that ripped off MBS Fuck and him. the Russian Agark. Good. And basically, good. Yeah, but good. made. I think, if I recall, it was well, over the six, Russian Garks didn't make it back. Sixty million. He profited, maybe more off the Gark. That's good and uh, MBS. Good. Don't forget, that's who owns the uh, Salvador Mundi right now. Not the Gark, but. The port. A- and no, it's MBS. Oh, MBS. It puts right. it on his boat. That's right. That drives right. it around. The $300 million boat with the $300 million, whatever the fuck. I think that was it. Something so like that. anyway, those are your five candidates. Okay. Who is your favorite forger out of all I of like us? the guy that died in the bike, but uh, give me the LSD and... Um, Beltrock. And the opium smoker. I see you give it to Beltrocki simply because of the ingenuity that he showed yeah. by saying... Oh, yeah, we totally could show you that the painting existed. That's a pretty from the 20s. It's pretty hardcore. I think that's it's the next level. I think it's brilliant. It's the next level, dude. All right, let's get back to Anne. She's obviously upset, mm-hmm. and she continues to maintain that this is a mistake and that the FBI is wrong. And, you know, she says, I'm going to do everything I can to prove that these were right. Well, Marina Konnikova, she wrote The Confidence Game. She yeah, says, if you, are, backhand. if you are the victim of a con that you've truly believed in, as evidence comes in against you, you are much, much more likely to double down. Right. Always hit on 10, always hit on 11. Okay. Yeah, right over your head. This I don't is, play Pi Gal. That's not Pi Gal. Pi Gal is when they chop off your fingers, okay? <laughs> or even worse, when they break the tiles. That's, Have you ever... Have you ever gone into commerce and watched the guys play tiles? Oh, yeah. You I've ever, played. You ever go up and look at a couple of them and two are missing no, digits? Oh, no, I haven't. Yes, they don't I've do that, too. They put they use their fingers, No, too. no, no. They're not hiding the tiles. <laughs> so you can, slams on I've the literally they're seen... They're not hiding their tiles. They're hiding their no, finger. Right. hiding it. But if you'll notice, they'll... they'll <laughs> He's they'll, got a couple fingers missing. Just the top digits on the ring finger and the pinky. That's a sign... Off. That they didn't pay their debt and they yeah. cut your fucking finger off. All right, well, give me a finger. Anyway, she says, this is actually the moment where instead of doubting and saying, wow, I was wrong, you say, no, I'm so right. It's a psychological process that's born out of cognitive dissonance, which means that your perception of the world and the evidence are no longer matching. Basically you when it comes to conspiracy theories. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't believe my, many of them, but I entertain all of them. You do entertain all of them. Well, Ant says my feeling was not to do any. Actually, more. I believe in a lot of them. Too. <laughs> 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 I'm really fine. I'm really struggling with some stuff. The more science I listen to, the more I'm like, holy shit! The flat, the Earth, it really mm-hmm. is flat, dude. Yeah. And space really is fake. They dude. took that <laughs> string and they just dragged it across a field, and I don't see a curve. Dragging my fucking string across your nuts, All dude. All right. So anyway, Ant says my feeling was not to do any more business because of the accusation. Businessman. It didn't mean that I thought the accusation was correct. I'm a businessman. Well, Marjorie Cohn, she's the conservator uh, with yep, Harvard. She I says she, Harvard. she was confident in the art until she couldn't be any longer. Uh-huh. I mean, she held out as long as she could. Well. Right. 
Jason Hernandez, um, former assistant U.S. attorney, says the target is going to be Glyphera Rosales. Over the target. And you're always trying to find out who else is criminally responsible. But she's the person bringing the paintings into the gallery. Yeah. Now, you don't know whether she herself has been duped, but you can't clear her, so she's going to be your first suspect. Well, how many... Do you talk about how she brought in experts, and she's had people look at them. How, to how many of those did she do that to? Did she do that to all of them? They only really discuss okay. the, um, uh, the Roth okay. and the Pollock at this point in the film. Well, okay, they... Look, would you agree? You you watched it. Would you agree mm-hmm. that she had sufficient evidence to say that these are, yep, they're real? Here's the thing. This speaks to conspiracies. Okay. When you're in the rabbit hole long enough, uh-huh. you could convince yourself to believe anything. I talk about this with JFK all the time. Now, uh-huh. I know JFK was killed by the CIA. I have no yeah. question about this. Yeah. And the problem is, if you give me an hour, and I've said this many times before, and then you do a convincing documentary, you can convince me it was the Cubans. You can convince me it's the Russians. You can get, convince me it was the mafia. Okay. So the problem is when you're not only emotionally attached to a hypothesis, but you're also financially attached to it, your perception of reality is not accurate. So it's very difficult okay. to say, did she know? Keep in mind, she's also been doing this her entire life. She considers herself almost an expert in the field. Okay? Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying, like, if she got experts to look at these things, Mm -hmm. to give a second opinion, a third, fourth, fifth, however many opinions, got a letter from the estate, things like that. Yeah. Like, for that one, she gets a pass. But Uh how many of the other ones did she do that for? We don't have that information. Yeah. So, so well, let's say. just keep the conversation okay. isolated. Sure. To, I mean, to that. To, so, for this one instance, she, did, in my opinion, from the facts that I know, mm-hmm. unless it's only her side of the story saying that they're experts and that they actually said that they thought it was real, not that, not that they thought that it was, you know, not that they thought it was whatever. Like, um, I don't know how to explain it, but like, not that they thought, not that they said that. Um, like it might be real or that it could potentially be real, but they th- were confident that it was a real painting. Now, the forensic thing, you know, I don't know how pre- prevalent that is in the art community to make an assumptions, but on this one isolated case, I'm already giving her the pass. Okay. Let's see if your mind changes. Okay. Jack says, when Ann Friedman gave me the name of Glyphera. As far as the fa- the facts of the case so far. Mm-hmm. So if I learn more facts, then okay. When Ann Friedman gave me the name of Glyphera Rosales, one of the first things that we did was hire a private investigating firm to check her out. And within a week or two, they found that she lived with Jose Carlos Bergantinos Diaz. Who is a known forger already. You nailed it. He'd been accused of trafficking stolen paintings in 1999. So my point when I hear this is, why didn't Ann do this? Okay. If somebody else that's just merely in the background and in this world and interested in the work, not buying it. Because you're not necessarily, I mean. <clears throat> that's just due diligence, bro. You spend a You're thou. right. It is. For smart people, it is. And yes, you're right. Attachment because of the money. There, Clearly, <laughs> she was attached because of the money. So maybe she, you're right. I mean, you're starting to. 
she's, she's starting to um what's the word omit rationalize omit the omit the things that she wants to start omitting which is known as lying yeah it's okay, omitting but yes no lying lying is done with words and also with yeah, silence yeah, yeah, okay yeah, yeah. if you don't silence say silence <laughs> if you don't say something that you know to be untrue you are lying okay right, okay a lot of people don't understand this concept. She, she Maybe she didn't have it done because she maybe she knew the answer already deep down. Well, let's continue. Jack okay. says, in court documents, he had also been the highest bidder for a, a painting that sold at Christie's for $96,000, and he refused to pay. And, I know, and one more thing I'll say, which is, if, if you have the piece, and you look at the piece, and the piece is being justified by other people or verified by other people... Then why do you even have to go into the pool? But I, but yeah, you're right. Go on. Okay. Bergantinos also borrowed. Man, fuck this bitch. <laughs> okay. Bergantinos also borrowed a $20,000 violin from someone and refused to return it. What? And it, this is from the investigators, the private eyes, what like, they why found. Are you borrowing one. Well, according to the report, borrow. he also screwed some Dominican guy out of a land deal for millions of dollars. And that had been covered in the mainstream press. Okay. Now, granted, this is 95. All right. Google probably didn't exist. All right. But if you, you could still go to the library and pull out the microfiche. All right. Yeah. The fucking microfiche, dude. Yeah. One of his associates was also accused of breaking into an apartment and stealing $250,000 worth of goods. (laughs) So he had a checkered past. How do you steal $250,000 worth of goods? Like, what kind of goods are we talking about? Maybe it's a piece of art on the wall Arts. that's expensive. Right. Yeah. Okay. Or like, maybe it's a bottle of Dom Perignon that went down on the Titanic. <laughs> Who knows? Now, Perry, he's the lawyer of the Daedalus Foundation. He says, You would think that if a non for profit could retain a private investigator and find ah. this out and ah. Freeman and Nodler, they would have done the same thing. So. Jason Hernandez says, well, the gallery is important because, you know, they help facilitate the transaction. The part that I'm not sure about is were they duped themselves? Was Glafira lying to them? Or is the truth somewhere in between? So at this point, I was thinking she's on it. She's in on this. Yeah. But again, as I told you last episode, I was doing a lot of flip-flopping back and forth. Well, Ann's lawyer, Luke, he says there was nothing on the public radar about the Nodler Gallery case, about any disputes regarding authenticity of works Nodler had sold. The sole story that you could look up and read about and that I did see was that Nodler Gallery and Ann Friedman had parted ways. Obviously, there had been questions about these paintings. At that point, there had been a grand jury subpoena So it was clear from the beginning that the FBI, the U.S. attorney, was investigating. It was clear that they wanted to know what Ann had done. Now, Ann says, I was asked to leave. I didn't want to leave, and I begged to stay. Uh, They even took away my title as director, my title as president. They took away my salary, Um, and I was surprisingly called up to a meeting and I was told I was going to be given an immediate leave of absence. Not being fired, because there would have been consequences, but a leave of absence. Well, the director says, did they give you a reason? And Ann says things were difficult, thought it would be best maybe 
Uh, but I'll never forget Michael saying, and maybe you'll come back and that'll be fine. And maybe you won't. And I responded, Michael, how's this going to be explained? What should I say? And he said, well, you just say you had a recurrence of lung cancer. I said, excuse me? And he was like, yeah, you know, your lung cancer's come back and you need some time off. And I didn't cry. I didn't lose my temper. I just said, okay. And I walked out on the stairs and I, you know, they said, you could take your pocketbook. <laughs> and they said, I think it's going to rain. So take this umbrella. And I said goodbye. And I found myself saying, thank you. And I was just like, my manners kicked in. That was a day. And uh, a couple of other things happened that day that were unusual, but it didn't rain. So, all right. Back to Charles. Great story. Back to Charles Schmerler. <laughs> Fucking Schmerler, dude. Now, you remember, he's the lawyer that represents Michael Hammer and the Nodler Gallery. Well, he says after Ann Friedman made a decision to leave the gallery, obviously. Ann Bankman Friedman? Anyway. Obviously, it created a void because Anne had been extraordinarily successful. Um, she'd been respected. She was very well-known uh, figurehead in the art world. Yeah. And certainly in the community of collectors. Hey, how many people are going to hear about this anyway? Well, at this point, we see a letter on mm. the screen that she shared FBI. with her colleagues where she denied yeah. that her resignation was due to a reoccurrence of lung cancer. Oh. And this is funny. Okay. Stupidly, this documentary doxed her home and cell address as well as her home. That's called it, dude. What's that? That's <laughs> Should call we call it. it? Or maybe it's the address of the of the place. It doesn't matter. Just you just don't include that in the documentary. If it's the not if it's not the I mean if it's the place of the what's the name of the place? The, the Nodler Gallery. What if, what if it's there? Who cares? It was, I just told you, it was her home, home address, address and, her okay. <laughs> and her cell phone Fuck. number. I just couldn't believe Let's how... Start sending her Picassos on napkins, fake Picassos on napkins. Just text screenshotting them to her. <laughs> and how much for this Picasso yeah. Dave made? Dave says it's worth 10 bucks. Uh, is it sculptor or sculpturist? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ann, uh, we're huge Beltraki fans. Uh, where do you rank them on your forgery uh, scale? <laughs> yeah, rank your, gives you Mount, Mush, Mount, Mount Mushmore. <laughs> Mount Rushmore of fucking forgers. forgers. All right, we see something on screen next. Forgers in your cup. The Fall, 2011. Collector. Pierre. That's part of making art. It's for, for, forgers in your cup. All right. Wow. I know. Well, you were so good last episode. Yeah. <laughs> I got to I gotta interject more to this episode. <laughs> All right. Titles on screen. The Fall 2011. Collector Pierre Lagrange. 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 You're probably right. Painting bot. Jackson Pollock. Uh, painting title. Untitled 1950. A.K.A. the Silver Le Grange Orange. There's a place in Pasadena called that's a restaurant. Well, Nodler bought this piece for $1.9 million, and they sold it to Lagrange for $17 million. Now, Anne describes the Pierre Lagrange Silver Pollock situation and says that was the first lawsuit. Well, next we see an article with the headline, Collector Calls $17 million Pollock a Phony. Pierre Lagrange oh, no. was getting a divorce uh, and a very dramatic one at mm. the time. Well, we see 
uh, an article from like one of those snobby Forbes type places. Uh-huh. Hedge fund boss faces $160 million divorce settlement after leaving wife for male fashion designer. Can't stop gay love, buddy. Cool. <laughs> I just can't imagine, man. Sucking having, a dick or having one of your ass? <laughs> no, just, I have this. I, I know it's disgusting. <laughs> no, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. I have a rule in my life. Yeah. Okay. I do mm-hmm. not date mm-hmm. bisexual people. Yeah. Okay. Now, a lot of people are like, Chris, how could you say that? Uh, you know, fucking gross. That, no, no, no. It's not, <laughs> it's, it's not, it's not a judgment yeah. on sexual preference yeah. that I have a problem. Yeah. My problem is this. You can change your mind. One day you could be like, man, I need that, some pussy. <laughs> that dick doesn't do it for me. I anymore. need a big purple strap on uh-huh. from a softball player. You just don't take those kind of risks. risks. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Uh, that's a good point. That's you just, don't risk half your house for that. Well, it's just, yeah. And this guy had $160 million divorce. So this probably Psh. means he's worth 320 As much as Dana White's worth. Jesus. Anyway. So they're getting divorced. Uh, hey, we're double that now. You got They're splitting up the yachts. Yeah. They're splitting up the kids. Yeah. They're splitting up the houses. Yeah. But not the art. Right. Okay. By the way, they show a picture of Pierre Lagrange. <laughs> yeah. He looks like the main terrorist from Die Hard. Okay. Okay. Do you yeah. remember the one in the Hans? No, not Hans. The brother, Carl's brother. Cool. The, the, I don't remember exactly. <laughs> it was also in the movie The Money Pit. Played Max, the violinist. Ah. Never anyway, saw it. He's the one that comes back at the you end. We all you know it's called dead. a violiner. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you had. <laughs> I wish you had video on you. You got your tongue in full out, dude. All right, all right. And Dave's back. All right, Dave, Dave, Dave. They're all right. chanting at home. So Lagrange, she's got to be like, I got, I got to get rid of this piece of art. I'm going to go sell it at an auction. Well, Sotheby's uh, would not resell those paintings because questions had come up about the Providence. All right. Well, remember Michael um, Schneerson? These <laughs> <laughs> fucking names, dude. You should remember Schneerson because I called him Schneerson. And then I called him Schneerson. And you were like, wait, there's a Schneerson and a Schneerson? Yeah, yeah. Schneerson and a Schneerson. It's Schneerson. Schneerson, yeah. Well, he says. Pierre had gotten a distru- uh, excuse me, a distinguished art expert to analyze the pigment of the painting, and he found that a yellow paint hadn't been available commercially until 1970. Well, the people in the art world know Pollock died in a car crash in 56. Ah. Game over. Game over, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Maybe you haven't been keeping up on current affairs. <laughs> okay. Um, and so well, did James Dean die in his car accident? Uh, 56, 57, maybe. Oh, I think it was. We got a connection. I don't know. A lot of car accidents back in those days, huh? Well, what happened was drive him off a fucking road. This, according to Anne, uh, Pierre goes into the Nodler and they put it up on a wall. And, um, you know. She says, we don't have to talk to you. Statute of limitations, nothing to do with it. Go away. If you ever want to get sued, that's what you do. You tell people to go away. So she's saying, we don't operate that way. Okay? We're going to be square. So Schneerson says he insists on meeting with Anne at the Carlisle. 
Okay. Yeah. That's a restaurant. It's a restaurant. Hotel. hotel. Yeah. I think Woody what, Allen. Where is that? In New, New York? York? Yeah, I yeah. think Woody Allen plays his little canoe. Or yeah. It's still there? It. Yeah. Okay. I think I've heard of it. Anyway. Um, she says, I was early, five o'clock, and uh, I knew what Pierre looked like from photographs. So I stood up and I went to shake his hand and I said, Pierre, I'm Anne. I'm happy to meet with you. And with his accent, he said, don't be sure. <laughs> he was really fired up. So Schneerson says, Anne tried to, you know, keep everything civil and nice and bright. And all of a sudden, this guy just starts screaming at the top of his lungs. I am going to set you on fire. Do you understand that? I'm going to set you on fire and you will have no life. It will be over. It will hit press and you will be done. Wow. While Anne's just sitting there, you know, going, what do I do? And, you know, she's like, don't get upset, Pierre. You know, I let's see if I can find you a buyer for the painting. <laughs> so the director interjects at this point and says, is it myth or truth that you said I'll find another buyer? And she says, I didn't say that sentence. So Lagrange says, wait a minute. So to get off the hook, I'm not going to do the voice anymore. Um, and get my money back. You have to go dupe another collector. And she says, well, I very well could have said, I believe in the painting and I know you want me to sell it and let me see what I can do. Now, <clears throat> gay diehard guy fucked up. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he should have had an out clause. Yeah. Well, Jack, gay Flam and hard. <laughs> Jack Flam says it's important to Flam remember Flam. that right. Anne was still saying the paintings are real. So his opinion is that she uh, knew that they were fakes or surely should have known. So this is here's more hearsay then, right? Uh-huh. Okay. And this, among other things, would have been a strategy to cover that up. Well, Ann's lawyer says she believed that we needed our own expert to do an assessment of the pigments. And she certainly wasn't going to draw the conclusion that Pierre had correctly identified this as a forgery based on a single piece of scientific analysis. Yeah. While in response to Pierre threatening Nodler with the lawsuit, Nodler closes its doors. Okay. So Ann says it obviously looked like lawsuit, close up the shop. Right. You know. Well, Dr. Jeffrey Taylor, he's of uh, New York Art Forensics. He says Michael Hammer, we can believe, had a lot of money. And so it's reasonable to believe that he knew he carried a lot of legal and financial peril and began to move assets and protect assets. And he understood what potentially lay here. Well, back to Schmerler. -er. Uh, it was not a decision that was made at all in reaction to the Glaferia-Rosales scheme. It was a business decision based on how the revenues of the gallery had been going. And it had been under consideration for over a year. Well, next we see an article with the headline, possible forging of modern art is investigated and Pierre Lagrange sued the gallery forensic analysis FBI the Nodler gallery abruptly closed on Wednesday well do you remember Sharon Fleischer of IFAR no okay well, it was last oh episode. yeah 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 <laughs> IFAR was the uh one of the one of the forensic uh yeah. okay international forensic art research okay, okay, there you people go. Yeah. She says, I remember the day I opened up the Times. 
Well, we also meet uh, Domenico, as you I recall. I made her fucking feel good, I bet. <laughs> She's like, fucking you. Fucking stupid. That morning, I wanted to exercise, and I go into our bedroom, and I saw Eleanor. I think you were crying and really shaken. She says, I was shaking. Shaken. We pretty quickly understood that this was very bad news. And Patricia uh, Cohen from The Times says, I'd gotten a tip that there was an ex- uh, investigation and the FBI was involved. And, you know, people in the art community are completely shocked, okay? Right. Even Jack Flam, he's shocked. Jack Flam. And Maria Konnikova, she says, I mean, at this point, we're all like, how long has this been going on? And M.H. Uh, Miller from The Times, he says, I think people couldn't look away. It was a horror show. Well, Eleanor, um, that's Domenico's wife. He says, at that moment, I knew we had a fake. There was no question about it. Another headline, the rise and fall of the Nodler, New York's most notorious art gallery. Well, Anne says, I didn't go under the covers. I was sort of a blur of just speaking to people who had questions. I answered as best I could. Uh, I didn't know it was coming. Well, on the screen next, we see, I firmly refute the accusations that I misled anyone concerning this transaction. I believed in the authenticity of the Pollock at the time of sale and continue to do so. Ann Frieden quoted in the Financial Times, December 9, 2011. Well, Domenico, the buyer of the Pollock, he says, she continued to lie. And she said that absolutely the painting was the right painting. Give me a few days and I will disclose the name of the Swiss uh, seller. And I say, okay, just you better call me right away. And she never called back. (gasps) Oh, no. I wanted to do everything I could. No stone unturned to have the paintings investigated the right way. And so I told my lawyers that I wanted to pursue that. Well, next we see a letter that Anne wrote to Glafira. Dear Glafira, I'm writing this letter to you from my heart. I personally and professionally want to be the greatest support to you and therefore feel it is necessary to keep talking and working together. I am deeply sorry if the recent discussions of strategy in trying to solve the crucial problem of authenticity have escalated to a point that is upsetting and difficult to you. But it is, I promise, in your best interest to further our dialogue with a continued spirit of cooperation. Please, Glafira, know and understand that I will not give up, not for Nodler and not on your behalf. Our trust in one another has grown over the years, and you have in me someone who believes in bringing out the truth. I hope you will allow and help me to do this. Dave? Yeah. Big news. Did we come out of the Simpsons episode yet? We already did that. Okay. I don't think we ever came out of it, though. It's We did. You just okay. forgot because you begged. It's, oh, I did. No, we didn't. I would have written it down here, but okay. It's confession time. Okay. <clears throat> confession 2013. Confection. Well, the suit, meaning Hernandez, the lawyer, the Fed, he says the only person who was reliably in the U.S. was Glafira Rosales. So we make the arrest. Mm-hmm. She got arrested in Long Island, which is at her house. Okay. And we said she's a flight risk. And the judge agreed. They deny her bail. And during the conduction of... Like she has a passport? Because she just grifted $60 million yeah. into art. I think it's a good point. <laughs> okay. 
during con uh, conducting the investigation, I was pursuing this as a head-on art fraud case. And really, I'm coming up with some decent evidence, but not the kind of evidence that I would need to convict uh, if this was put in front of a jury. So I looked at it in a different way. The money goes from the galleries in New York to bank accounts in Spain. Well, it should go to 90% to the family that says this Glafira that owns the art, right? And she should keep 10% as a broker. Well, what he realizes is mm, she's keep keeping on. all the money. Yeah. And that tells him two things. Number one, there's no family, okay? There's no gay, yep. Mexican, yeah. Swiss dude. <clears throat> right. And secondly, it's income for her. Yeah. Millions of income. So then he says, well, let's see uh, where she deposited. He finds out it goes into a foreign bank account. And then he says, well, that's okay. Let's see if she reported income. Yep. She didn't. Of course not. So that led them to able to file federal tax charges against sure. her. Okay. So two crimes. All right. You then, you know, <coughs> you got to figure out the whole laundering aspect there. Easy. Well, when you're keeping that kind of money, that's evidence that she knows. I'm going to take this money from fake art and launder it with real art. <laughs> That'd be a smart thing to do. I mean, that's not what she did. Well, she, the, what he surmises at this point is that obviously because of these transactions, she knows there's something wrong with the paintings. So he holds her in custody for months. She's facing tax charges and he gets her down to a breaking point. Okay. And he says she... I tell you everything. It's the Spanish government. <laughs> she says, he says she knew that she wasn't going to hold the bag for everybody and that she could be very helpful to our investigation um, and find, letting us know who created the paintings. Ah. And she flipped. Ah. Okay. His name is Peishan. Uh, oh, the Chinese dude mm -hmm. making the fakes? Yeah, he disappeared. Although no, they're gonna be fucking, they're gonna be disappointed when they find out how much he's making <laughs> off each one. He disappeared from his home in Queens, New York, when the news reports first. Okay, but surfaced. hold on here, hold on here. Let me just mm -hmm. say one thing before yep. any of this gets uncovered. Yeah. Even if he knew, Payshon. Okay. If, if he. <clears throat> Okay, never mind. Never mind. Okay. But there is a way of playing this off. If you're patient. If you're patient by saying I was commissioned to to do to make these to make these replicas, mm -hmm. that's all I was done to do. You're gonna find out his end game. Yeah. <clears throat> well, Hernandez says, it surprised me that the paintings were being made in Queens yeah. by a math professor. Ooh, math professor, uh -huh. Asian dude. <laughs> and he's a savant paintist that just copies shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, wait, he's not really copying, actually. He's actually, like, making... Yeah. He's making these arts in the yeah. forms of people. That's fucking crazy, dude. That's so crazy, dude. Well, check out the evidence he found. Oh, man, I wonder how many... He found did. an envelope yeah. that was labeled Mark Rothko Nails. So they found books. Nails. Uh-huh. Wow. Nails. Like, they're going to use the nails for the for the thing? They like, they're going to use it to... to Nail the canvas to the thing. They found period specific nails. Oh no! Okay. Yeah, we found paints, uh, everything that matched the fakes. Okay, that 
went to Gloria. Sure. Glafira, rather. Yeah, yeah. If you didn't know any better, you'd just say, wow, this is someone who's really passionate about painting. Yeah. And he was very passionate about painting. <laughs> he was. Well, Queen uh, Peshan admitted he forged the signatures of the painters he copied. Oh, okay. Yet well, yeah, that's in- fake, too. Yet he insisted he was stunned that so many people in the art world would be fooled by his fake Rothkos and Pollocks. Peshan was indicted a few months after he was interviewed for forging the signatures of the artists he copied and lying to federal agents. Well, well, according to Hernandez, whether he got word or not that the feds were coming, um, it, he says, well, he fractures the sentence. He says, because remember, we'd known that Glafira was arrested. That was all public. So my guess is that he probably didn't stick around too long. Well, once he's in China, there's nothing we can do. <laughs> Chinese doesn't extradite. So that's what he did. He just skipped. They still don't extradite from China. No. Wow. So he just bailed and back to China. Well, and got a double standard and got a phone call. And, um, you know, she's like, it was lunchtime. And uh, she found out Glaferia just confessed to the fact that the paintings are all fake. Well, Anne's lawyer says she devoted almost 20 years of her career researching, thinking about exhibiting selling these works and in a moment in an instant the rug came out from underneath her Uh imagine devoting that much of your career that much of your time to something that turned out was a massive fraud it's okay i mean it's paying the sympathy card so what i mean how long did it span again the whole this whole thing beginning at the end does it roughly say 2010 so 15 years probably 95 it started this is like 2010 how and she was involved since 95 yeah. Wow, man. Yeah, this is a long time. That's crazy, dude. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the lawyers are obviously going, give this grandma a little sympathy here. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> fuck, dude. It didn't, it's not, she's the only one. I mean, I, I don't know what to make of this. It's, and just it's hard. Says it was awful. All those years of buildup, of believing. Well, Konnikova. I mean, off. she broke, broke now, too? Like, when she goes You're to jail? You're going to find out. Okay. Konnikova says, to me, that would be kind of the moment where my life up to this point crumbles. This is, you know what this is, Dave? This is the Kaiser Soze moment at the end of the fucking usual suspects. I want to see, do you have, you know, we've already talked about No, but I mean, it's like your world comes crashing down. You look at the bulletin board, the coffee cup goes to the ground and the bottom, it says Kaiser Soze on it. The limp goes away. The limp goes away all of a sudden. (laughs) Well... (sighs) Taylor, this is Dr. Jeffrey Taylor, says, I think she had a lot of days, but that could have been the worst one. And Ann says, I had to catch my breath and uh, do what I had to do illegally. Well, here's the fallout. Ten lawsuits were filed against Ann Friedman and the Nodler Gallery. Nine get settled out of court. One, only one, goes to trial. Okay. And it's Domenico with his Rothko. Okay. I am 75 years old. Yeah, I dealt with a lot of people all over the world in a very tough business situation. Uh-huh. These are the worst people I ever dealt with in my life. Yeah. Well, Domenico's lawyer says they like wanted, the art people yeah. or the art fraud people. The art, <laughs> I think she's referring to, or Domenico's referring to Anne. Oh, okay. Um, These are the worst people. They want their money back. Yeah. Okay. Of course they do. Yeah. It's fake. And here's the thing: before trial, they did not get an offer for their money back. Okay, that's what's fucked up to me. Why not just give them their money back? You know, I mean, yeah. Anyway, 
Domenico says what they were offering oh, uh, was absurd, simply absurd. I said, fine, we'll fight it out. Okay. So the trial starts in 2016. Uh. So I guess this is technically 21 years into this whole thing. Well, I guess when it started, if it started in 95. Yeah. Well, back. Schneerson. Back when the, when the stuff's in court, huh? He's the writer for Vanity Fair. He's yeah. covering everything. Yeah. Well, Domenico sued the gallery. Got to remember. Which no, gallery? The, the Notesky's. The Notesker. But you got to remember, Notesky's been shuttered. The doors are closed. Yeah. They can't be okay? skiing around no more. So by proxy, around. by proxy, I'm assuming that's why Michael Hammer is the defendant in the case with Ann. Um, so Hammer, I hardly knew her. <laughs> All right. Miller from the Times says that the souls, more than just getting their money back, wanted the story out there because they were pissed. And they believe that Ann Friedman was not an innocent victim, that she was actively defrauding them. Well, Taylor of New York Art Forensic says, of course, it had to do a lot with Mr. DeSoul's role with Sotheby's. Because remember, he, he was on the board yeah. of Sotheby's. And it's like, who, who are you messing with? Yeah. I'm DeSoul. <laughs> sure. You know? Hilarious. It's, <laughs> it was described as almost vindictive justice. Sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, Ann says he didn't want anything but to go to war. Okay. Now, that's easy to say yeah. when you're not giving him his money back. Uh, Fuck, this is what I'm getting pissed at, Ann right. and Hammer. I mean, yeah. You know? Well, that's what they're suing. They're suing for the money. I mean. Well, but I wonder what those other settlements for. were for. Eh, you probably know? a couple mil. Yeah, I know, but I did they... Know. Were, did, I, I, here's my point. Yeah. Did they settle and give all those other people their money back, and then this is the last one, and they didn't have enough, they and that's why they had to they're go like, to court? we got to fight. I don't know. They're like, we owe so much to attorneys. Keep in mind, this is Army Hammer's dad. Okay. Yeah. They got the cash. Yeah. Well, Luke, who's Ann's lawyer, says the courtroom was the ceremonial courtroom in the Southern District. So it's a very big courtroom. Packed house. People are showing up for this thing. Yeah. Domenico's viscerally angry. Okay. He'd sit with his lawyers and then he would gesture back to the audience like, you know, can you believe this shit? And uh, his wife says, I looked at Ann Friedman the whole time with daggers in my eyes. And, you know, Eleanor, she got emotional on the stand. She did this thing about, like, you betrayed us. And you were people that we thought we could trust. And she testified as heartbroken. This was the Rothko I dreamed of, I guess. Yeah, rich yeah, people do this whatever. shit. She says, I'm, I'm, sure she's, I'm sure she's really hitting it out of the park with her peers. She says, I'm a very emotional person. I cry in happy situations and sad situations, but this was opening the wounds. Right. And hopefully the jury recognized that I was sincere. Right. Well, we see a headline. And very old. Very, very old. She's old. We see an article with the headline, Tears, Shouting Matches, and a Slew of Expert Witnesses as Nodler Trial Heads into Week 2. Well, Miller says, I think it was an act, but it was a good act. It's not like Ann Friedman was this close friend. They only had been to the Nodler Gallery one time. I have raw emotions, and I was going to expose them because they were real. This is Eleanor. Well, Taylor, he says, there were even some really funny moments. Okay. Like the one, not Rothko, was in the courtroom the whole time. The what? 
the the fake Rothko. Yeah. They put it in the courtroom. Oh. Okay. And people are debating whether the smaller block should be on the bottom or the larger block should be on the bottom because that's how Rothko did it. And, you know, it's just absurd that, you know, Rothko didn't do this painting and they're debating about whether it's upside down or not. God, is it upside down? That's hilarious. <laughs> is this fake Wasn't painting? it signed? Yeah. Was that? I don't know. Maybe it was on the back. I don't know. Maybe it was on the back. Maybe they didn't even look at the signature. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, Ronald Spencer, he's, of course, with the Paula Krasner Foundation. He says the overwhelming fact was the fakes were sold. And they were sold not by some little old lady on the street, but a sophisticated gallery. And when you start there, you're already underwater. Well, uh, Ann's lawyer, he does focus groups, you know, before going into trial to try and get uh, the emotional subtext figured out about how people are going to respond. Right, right, right. And they spent a fortune on the defense. And um, the other side, they're like, we didn't have any of that, you know. And um, Ann's lawyer says, the focus groups tell us this is a horse race. I'm okay. laying three. I'm laying three to five on Chuck Lucky Johns in the seventh. Yeah. Um, it's it, <laughs> when we listen to one side, it's incredibly damaging. We're gonna go that way, and they listen to my side, and they say, there's another side to the story. It's Little Romeo in the seven. <laughs> Sorry, I can't help. Uh, I'm, I'm lost. I'm doing horse racing puns. All right. Um, well, Domenico's lawyer says we thought the odds were significantly better. We knew the facts and the law were on our side. Well, Ant says, according to my lawyer, um, we thought we were going to win. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Eleanor says reaching for straws. That's I mean, the other lawyer. What he thinks about his case. Hey, man, some people don't think they're going to win. I mean, 50% of people win. Yeah. I mean, that's math, Dave. Literally. Um, Eleanor like, says, literally, they had no case at all. And the lawyers would just try to get Domenico on the fact that he was a lawyer one time. And they'd say, well, Mr. DeSole, you know, you should have known. I mean, you're a lawyer. And he turns to them and goes, I'm not a lawyer. I sell handbags. Oh, rich people. Shanerson says, you know, the experts who pardoned in the witness box were in a very embarrassing position. Paraded, I should say, not pardoned. Spencer, he says, remember Rothko's son, Christopher? Yeah. He was asked to come into the Nodler and look at a piece supposedly by his father. He spent a half hour looking at it and then pronounced it as beautiful. Now, this is, I remember you got pissed. Mm -hmm. because you accused Roscoe Jr. of being a, a smack junkie and just saying that he did this for 25 grand in the last yeah. episode. <clears throat> that's that's true. So. <laughs> Where's the Venmo? I'm waiting on the Venmo. <clears throat> well, we see an article titled... Why I just Venmo me like 5,000 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> why it's so hard to spot a fake Roscoe, even for his son. Well, Anne says it's hard to imagine somebody thinking a painting is fake and saying it's beautiful at the same time. And Spencer says he knew Nodler was in the business of selling art. So what does he think he was there for? And Domenico's lawyer says it was beautiful, right? That doesn't mean it's authentic. The paintings are good. They fooled a lot of people, and Anne Friedman knows this. A remark that a painting is beautiful is not authentication. Well, we see another article titled Mark Rothko's son denies authenticating paintings at the Nodler fraud trial. 
So now we have conflicting wow, stories here. There you go. And another expert, my guess is who got to him? Who shut him up? You because somebody shut him up? Or they just... Maybe, maybe they maybe knew his maybe, weakness. Maybe they faked his shit. Or maybe they knew his weakness. And I, they were now like, it's, I think it's starting to come out that they just faked it. Well, this is like putting like school or something, something on your resume. Like They, they don't faked, check most of the time. They, you're right. They could have faked it. Or they could have... If, if your theory is correct and Rothko yeah. Jr. was yeah. just a smack addict, <laughs> yeah, they could be like, Biden. no, 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 paid you 25 grand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll pay you, me 50. No, no, we'll pay you $8 yeah, to yeah. say you never were there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You really want that crack, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Who knows? Well, another expert said, well, I didn't say this piece was authentic, but it came out in the trial that he'd ask for the piece to show it in an exhibition he was putting on. So that we'll hear in court, well, do you usually ask things for fakes? And he said, of course not. Well, Marjorie Cohn, our, our conservator from Harvard, she says they were just backtracking. You could practically hear the beep, 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 beep of the trucks backing up. Well, some denied saying things that they wrote in emails. And then when they were shown the email, they would deny that that email said what the email said. And Ant says, it's very difficult to sit there and listen to bold lying. So, again, we have conflicting testimony. Yeah. We have people saying, that's not my email. Yeah. That's not, and they show it on the screen. Okay. You know, the code, whatever you want to say. The, the metadata. The metadata. It no, looks, no, the, oh, it looks like it, but it it's looks, fake? No, it, it is real. Oh, it so is real. You okay. don't, I mean, I'm assuming. All right. If I was defending my, you know, uh, client, I'd be like, these are real. We proved that they're real, so your client's lying. But poor Ants is sitting here saying, I just have to listen to these people lie to me. Yeah. So now I'm starting to think, is this a conspiracy? Right. But then I'm like, why would they conspire against Anne if she's knowingly selling fakes? I don't know. It just doesn't make sense if there's that much evidence there. Anyway, yeah. Carter Ratcliffe, he says, you know, I'm surprised though that Nobody has acknowledged that they made an error aside from Ann. And Domenico says, so obviously the email was the wow moment when Mr. Amfam, under oath, said that he had never seen the painting, which was really extraordinary. He'd never physically seen the painting. He was sent by a picture of Ann Friedman. Okay, now this is sketchy, beyond sketchy, because you got to remember she referred to... Mr. Amfam as, what did she say? Mm. Mr. Friday, my go-to. Yeah. And now we're, we're, we're having Amfam say, I never said this stuff. Uh. Yeah. Well, the last uh -huh. person who had testified was the gallery's accountant. And she basically walked the court through the books. And of course, what those books revealed was that if it hadn't been for selling these for, you know, $80 million, that Nodler would have been millions in debt, okay? We see another article with the headline, In Art Forgery Trial, Expert Witness Says Nodler Gallery Relied on Fakes for Profit. So then you're thinking to yourself, so did the market just dry up? They couldn't push out enough product? And I'm starting to think no, maybe... No, incompetent fucking gallery hosts. No, I started thinking that the Nodler created this whole thing at this point. And maybe they were in ties with Glafira and Peshwan just because they didn't 
have any way Maybe. to profit. And you just have old ass and there, like, um, what's the word? Uh, plausible deniability. Correct. Um, well, Ann Friedman and Michael Hammer had personally like, profited. Let's yeah. get to the money. Yeah. Finally. Okay. In May 1988, Hammer increased Friedman's base salary from 278000 to 300000 That's not much, right? But her profit sharing went up from 10 to 15%. Okay. And Ann's like, look, I'm not in charge of the overhead. I don't know, you know, how any of that stuff works, basically. She says, you know, um, uh, I'm not on the accounting floor. Well, here are the numbers frame by frame. 1995 to 2008, that's just 13 years. Nodler sells paintings for 70 million, okay? Nodler's profit was 33 million. Ann Friedman's commission was $10 million. Oh boy. That's a lot of fucking cash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. <clears throat> I mean, I don't know what their overhead's like where they got to shutter their doors when they're... And these are just the fakes. Who knows what they were selling on this just side? just sold one and gotten the fuck out, dude. Yeah, you think that's it? I think you could just get the fuck for out. For both parties? No, for the old lady. You're talking about Anne or... or whoever or made the 10 mil. Glafira. You're saying oh, that's... Oh. You're saying if you're the con artist, you just go in for uh, one? Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, even if you're the con artist, dude, you make one clean like that, fuck. Yeah. Come on, man. Well, Domenico says... I've been looking over my shoulder every second. Domenico says it was clearly at this point that it came out that Hammer was using the gallery as his own pocket. Okay? And M.H. Miller of the time says he was using a company credit card to take his wife on trips to Paris to purchase a half a million dollar Mercedes and, you know... I know. He says the same thing. I didn't even know there was a half a million dollars. 55 AMG, whatever the fuck it is. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't know that they made them. McLaren? Well, well, we we see it. It's fucking sunshine yellow gold. So maybe it was maybe it was the pigment. Maybe it was the same pigment that Pollock made. It's the same same, made in the same place the gold DeLorean was made. Uh, they only made four of those. Uh, Ireland. I wonder how much of those are going for if they still exist. I think I told you. I think they were like, oh, that's the true. We didn't ones. get a price on the gold ones. Ooh, we just yeah. know that they sold for like yeah. 98000 Well, Ant says Michael was always very enthusiastic, excited about my discovery of, you know, these works. And Miller says, it would just be astonishing to think that these people at Nodler were operating without any knowledge of this. Our view is that it was from the top. This is Domenico's lawyer. Well, Schmermler comes back in and he says, that is categorically false and to suggest otherwise is utterly unreasonable and untrue and is in fact an insult to the legacy of the family and the work that they have done. Eleanor says, we had all these witnesses and now it was both Ann Friedman and Hammer's opportunity to testify. Ann's there as her usual self, dressed in her gray suit, with her head down and hammer walks into the courtroom. He's got on a velvet royal blue jacket, tan pants, a dark, dark tan, flowing whitish gold hair. And this is February in New York City. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. Such detail. They, they show a picture of him. Okay. He does look like a fucking creep. Ugh. And is he, he fat? No, he's just leathery. <laughs> you know? You know? But I mean... 
keep in mind, he grew up as a hammer. You're going to be yeah. spoiled. You're going to have a lot of drugs flowing through your yeah. veins until you become a born-again Christian. Yeah. All right? Keep in mind, his dad murdered somebody and cool. got off because yeah. his grandfather paid, paid Good. off. Good. Anyway, courtroom's packed. You can't get a seat in this joint. And everybody's like, this thing's coming ahead and it's going to get ugly. Well, Miller says, I don't think that there was any really uh, hope that Friedman and Nodler were going to win. And I think Ann Friedman did not want this to go to trial. And she certainly didn't want to testify because the trial was settled just about an hour before Hammer was supposed to take the stand. So... What do we call it? Is it the 11th hour? Is it the 23rd hour? The 13th hour. Yeah. So anyway, court reporter comes in, says trial's over. Well, Ann Friedman and Michael Hammer knew that they could make the situation worse if they were going to testify. They could face a criminal trial, legal peril if they testified, so they decided to cut their losses. And Domenico says, I think I made my case very loud and clear. So I've done my duty and I've exposed the fraud. And I think at this point, it made sense for us to settle. And says, it seemed to me on that day, I'm supposed to take the stand. Um, that the, that's the day they settle. They didn't want the defense to go. I'm not even going to say they didn't want Ann Friedman to take the stand. But I think that is what people were waiting for. And Eleanor says, I feel very strongly. I would have loved to have heard uh, the word guilty. Um, I'm emotional about that. And, you know, perhaps the, you know, there would have been repercussions for Anne and Michael's, you know, galleries if a guilty verdict had been reached. Well, Luke says they had their minds set on what they thought was a fair deal. And once they got what they thought was a fair deal, they settled the case. Rosales was the only one who faced a criminal sentence, and she was ultimately sentenced to time served, which was a couple of months. That's nothing, bro. That makes me want to start doing this. So she let, she got away with the bag. I want to take my spare bedroom and make some Pollocks, okay? okay. If we're looking at two months jail know, time, okay. yeah, you. Bro, there's so many other th cool things we could do. You know what? You know who my candidate would be? Ooh. This autistic girl that works at Petco. Oh, you got to know they the start have... faking Star Wars action figure backing no, cards. But I mean, if I, here, my cousins have my cousin has on the on real ones. Are all autistics like Rain Man's? No, man. Look at yourself. You're not like a fucking Rain Man, stupid. See, you function normally. <laughs> how do you tell, do you tell um, the Rain Man autistics you ask from the? You do? Yeah, and they give you. 265. <laughs> definitely, definitely, definitely got to go to Kmart. Get my boxer shorts. Okay. They buy their boxer shorts from Kmart. That's how you know that they're capable they're of doing this? Yeah. They're re re God. Re re. All right. Well, next we learn uh, from an article that Rosales cried after her plea deal. What a pussy. Which put her on the hook for $33.2 million made in the scam uh, and up to $81 million in restitution and back taxes. Restitution. It's always coming for you. It's a bitch. Uh, Hernandez <laughs> says there were some it's people. It's a lot of graffiti she's got to clear <laughs> up, dude, on the streets. There were some people that were disappointed with Glafira's sentence. Uh, I mean, two months. I time mean, served. come on. Big. But you got to think about the context of what we were able to accomplish in the case. Man. And I think this is what, you know, the judge's logic ultimately was, 
we're not going to make this one person who really just because of the luck of the draw, so to speak, is the only one who's going to face justice and the only person who has confessed and cooperated. Well, Kornikova, <laughs> now I'm saying it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She says it says something about Glafira as well that she didn't implicate Anne. When you're trying to deflect blame, when you're trying to get an easier sentence, the more people you can bring down with you, of course, is better for you. Well, a criminal attorney by the name of Stanley Brand says the pressure on somebody like that to give up others and in order to give them up, invent or embellish is tremendous. Well, Sharon from IFR says, did she really get off easily? I don't know. She doesn't have any money left. She was in prison. I was actually in court the day she appeared with chains on her feet. Whatever did she get off easy? She was in jail for two months. That's as easy as you can get off. Yeah. And the rest of two, just bankrupt. Well, what's going to happen? Nothing happens with that shit. I mean, they can't come after. I mean, what do they do? They Do they withhold a quarter <laughs> of your... Yeah, they garnish, garnish your wages. wages. But I don't think they could 30%. take... 30%? I think it's 25 is the max. Ah, I could be wrong. I mean, Jesus. Um... The uh, the Domenico's lawyer, he says, or she says, she was maybe just a pawn in this whole thing. Yeah. Well, reporter says Glafira Rosales was sentenced by U.S. District Court Catherine Polk Falea. She's a citizen, right? Yeah. Okay. To nine months of home <laughs> detention. Um, citing defense arguments that Rosales's behavior stemmed from abuse that she suffered from her boyfriend, sure. the mastermind behind this game. Yeah. It's always the cis white male. No, that's Bergantinos. <laughs> oh, yeah. The scumbag. That's right. So we scumbag. see Bergantinos, and he says, I sometimes raise my hand to her. Good. With arguments. But yeah. I understand yeah. her and forgive her. Just like Sean Connery. Knowing she would use that testimony. Sometimes you gotta hit a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I understand and forgive her. Knowing she would use that testimony to defend herself. Gotta slap these sluts sometimes. Hey, you got an impression. <laughs> what a scumbag, bro. Yeah, really. Put, this, put this guy away from I nine, hit her on purpose. Nine months. He's of... basically saying, I hit her on purpose so right. she would have a defense. All right. Yeah. Two months in the fucking. You taking two months in mm -hmm. the federal pound me in the ass prison? Yep. Or are you taking nine months home detention? She got them both. I'm saying, which one do you get? Would you do you take? Dude, that is the dumbest argument ever. Nine months. You taking a nine you don't months home? Spend a day in jail in lockup. Two okay? months, though. It's all done. Nine months. Nine I got to hang out in my house that I'm already at most yeah, of the time anyway because I never months. leave the house. Yeah. Come on. Like, yeah. if you really wanted to have that argument for me, it's two months in the clink. And maybe 20 years at home, then I started thinking about 20 it. 20 years, dude? <laughs> but I, I can get a lot done in my house. Three years, bro. That's it for you? I mean, All right. yeah. May, anyway. I would say five years would be my yeah. cutoff. Two months, dude. It's done. So chill in there. Buddy, have you ever been to jail? Not to federal pound me in the ass prison, but I've been to, <laughs> I've been in county four times. Yeah, what was the longest you were in county for? 10 days. Okay. So did you join a gang in those 10 days? No. Did you kite anything? No. Armenians pay 10% to the Southsiders to protect them. So I had to give a... I only spent one rotation of going to the commissary, uh -huh. but I spent about uh, 20 bucks, so I had to give $2 to 
worth of commissary stuff to the Mexicans. Are cigarettes really currency in? I didn't have any cigarettes. Longer? I don't. I didn't have any access to cigarettes. So you didn't. Why didn't you quit smoking? I should have. Oh first thing I did God. when I got out was smoke a cigarette. You are a dork. I'm an idiot. <clears throat> all like, three times, all four times, I went to county. I could have come out and smoked. What was the ten days? Was all your all together, stretch? all together, I spent maybe almost thirty days. Okay, twenty five days and, altogether. And what was the longest stretch for? It was all for weed. Oh yeah, eight yeah. ounces of weed. Okay, wow. all, well, they thought I was selling it because I had a scale. Right. Okay, back to uh, which I was selling it. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> they didn't just think that. <laughs> they ended up getting me for, getting me for, for transportation. Which which carried a lighter moral turpitude. Trip, did you have a triple beam balance? No, no, no. Just, just like a, a little digi. hand scale. Oh, did digi. you? I worked for a dispensary. <laughs> Got it. Which was owned by my brother-in-law and my sister. Okay. Back to Ann's lawyer. Weed maps. Back to Ann's lawyer. Yeah. She's now, as I understand it, in Long Island. Uh, she had to forfeit her assets under a restitution order, as far as I know. Not in the art business. Well. After reviewing all evidence, the DA did not press criminal charges against Anne. And Hernandez says, what I really wanted to know was, could I prove to 12 people beyond a reasonable doubt that the gallery, whoever was running it, whoever was selling them, knew the paintings were fake? Yeah. And Spencer from Paula Krasner says she did not know she was selling fakes. I am firmly convinced of that. And Eleanor she says, I sat in her office. I dealt with her, and she lied to us. She's the guilty party. Remember, Eleanor is the one that got all upset and emotional after only meeting her once. And Taylor says, Ann Friedman is not a victim. She's a dealer. And Marjorie says, well, she's guilty of the standard biblical sins of pride and avarice, I suppose. And Miller says, either she was in on it with Glafira, or she was just so stupid. Um, her lawyer says, put yourself in her shoes one step at a time. It's easier to look back and say, let me show you the red flags that popped up across the 14 years. Years. Big news coming, Dave. Okay. You got a question? No. Okay. I want to hear the big news. M.H. Miller of the New York Times says, how could you... Was that a female? Uh, yeah, I was a male. Okay. How could you have a fake Jackson Pollock hanging in your house... With the name spelled wrong for no, 10 years. Oh, you have to be shitting me. She had a, a, you're crazy. She had a Pollock <clears throat> in her home. Who's she again? Anne. Anne had one. Yeah. For, and she had it in there for, uh, because she got it from the same person? It was missing an L. And she's got it from the same person? Yeah. She thought it was real, and the fucking name was completely misspelled. No. So at this point, no. maybe that's why she. Maybe she's like, I gotta take this one because it's missing an L. Well, there's two ways to look at it. Yeah. You could say that she purposefully did it as an alibi, bought it, thought it was real, justified it, or she's a complete moron. I lean towards complete more. Does that does it ever say that that Paula came from the same lady? Yeah, it does. I mean, I'm a, uh, where else would it come from? No, I get, it, I get, it, I get, it, I, get it, I get it. So, oh man, that that just boils. <laughs> wow, <sighs> I mean, it's literally in her living room. It's and so show. hard. I mean, I don't know what to think at this point. Well, at this point, 
I'm thinking to myself, there's you, no way this lady could have acted alone then. So who, who Anne and Glafira? Anne specifically. Oh. I honestly think she was dumb. I mean, but she I think how the did she get into the art industry again? Oh, you're born into it. Okay. <laughs> So her father was an art dealer? Probably. I don't know. They don't discuss it. doesn't even get it. into it? Okay. She probably got her BA in art history from Hunter College. From and then was just Nashua. like... I don't know. Community I mean, College. But it was... I mean, I just go back to this. You're walking by... Does Julia do fine art also? Like uh, artistic... Their like performance. Only performance, To right? my knowledge, yeah. Okay. I mean, I think you could... You might and be able to study music. music history and theater history. Okay. Um... I mean, I know you can get it. Go to be a dramaturg. A what? <laughs> a dramaturg? Turg. What's a dramaturg? Dramaturg. What's a dramaturg? Those are the people that just sit in the back. Like a spurg. While a director's spurg directing. Turgsburg. And just note everything. Okay. Dramaturg. Anyway. That sounds lame. Here's the thing you got a Pollock in your house That's for 10 years. You walk by it every day. How do you not cover up the name <laughs> with like some more frame? <laughs> no, I'm saying I don't think she knew. Yeah. I think it was the but lie. But it's a good alibi. It is a good alibi. But the lie great just alibi. built, 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 and built. It would be interesting to know when she made the purchase. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And we right. don't have that information. Right, 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 right. Well, Stanley Brand says, the question in Anne's case was, what did she know at the time? And Pollock was the one that did the squares? Or was oh, that Roth, Rothstein? Rothstein? Rothko. Rothko. Did, did the squares. squares. Pollock. Did the abstract. They're both abstract no, expressions. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pollock was an action painter. Action painter. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he, roller coasters and shit. Like what? <laughs> like roller coasters and shit. <laughs> <laughs> skydiving roller coasters bungee jumping fast cars if you were to dumb it down dave you would say it's denny's splatter art at the fair oh that's right the splatter <laughs> art that's right it's the hunter biden shit it's the straw shit okay let's go all right brand says this is a criminal attorney he says the question in ann's case was what did she know at the time all of the stuff that came out afterwards has no bearing on that and Hernandez says the decision was made that we couldn't prove a case beyond a reasonable doubt. And, you know, Luke, her lawyer, says they were fair and they looked at the bottom line and they didn't indict her. And Domenico's still pissed. He's like, it's shocking that they didn't prosecute her. And Perry from the, the Daedalus Foundation says, I'm surprised um, by the whole. I'm very surprised. And um, the Domenico's lawyer says it's a mystery. And it's extremely, extremely frustrating. Huh. Well, don't forget, Dave, we've got two fugitives still on the loose. Right. Pachon yeah. and Bergantinos. On the run. So a male reporter says Bergantinos Diaz was arrested in Spain on the U.S. charges and freed while he waits extradition to the <clears throat> United States. Nice. He has denied any wrongdoing and told local reporters he's not worried about the case. Right. And Hernandez says... They're untouchable because they're Spanish nationals. And we have to go through an extradition process in Spain. And Spain has decided that they would not be extradited, which right. is disappointing. Aww. So he gets saved. He probably paid some people off. Probably. 
Well, let's go to Lugo, Spain. Okay. The director is sitting with Bergantinos and says, Carlos, your decision to go back to Spain? Well, I always had my home in Spain and my roots were always in Spain. Nothing to do with what happened here. No. Um, Charles Schmerler says efforts have been made to have Bergantinos brought back to the U.S. and stand trial. And of course, they've been unsuccessful. And Bergantinos's lawyer says, Mr. Bergantinos is innocent until proven otherwise. He doesn't need a trial to prove his innocence. And the director says, now, just so I'm clear legally over here, your position is everything that happened with the Nodler Gallery. Everything that happened is Glyphera. And he says, well, let me say this. And then he starts talking. And his lawyer goes, no, 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 no. <laughs> so yeah. that's all we get. Shut the fuck up. No, 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 no. And then Jose jumps in. And he says, I was never very ambitious. Glafira was more ambitious than I was. I forgive her, and she is mother of my daughter, and I wish her the best. I know she is doing better than I am. Now, this is the second time he's forgiven her. And you're thinking to yourself, what's he forgiven her for? You know? He abused her for an alibi. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. I suppose. Well, after the interview off screen, we learned that Jose Carlos Bergantinos Diaz tried to sell Bob Dylan's harmonica uh-huh. to the director in the interview. <laughs> I have Bob Dylan's harmonica. He's got this spit on it. Pay me what you can. It's real. Uh, this is off the record, right? This is crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. Let's go he to Shanghai. He actually Shang- had it on him? Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Let's go to Shanghai, China. Um, we see somebody knocking at a door. Is anybody home? Hi, hello. Uh, yeah, we're looking um, uh, for a guy named uh, uh, Patient. You know, we're shooting a documentary. No, you go upstairs and check. Uh, hey, we'd like to know whether an old man named Peshan lives around here. And then we see a woman. I am Peshan. Uh, what? You're Peshan? And I'm like, the woman's Peshan? I thought it was the guy was Peshan. And then he just learned that this woman was crazy and she wasn't Peshan. Um, anyway, can we ask you some questions? Um, Shanghainese artist, have you contacted anyone? Do you have an appointment? Uh, no, we just want you know. We just want to talk to Peshan. Yeah. Uh, who told you about this address? He's old now. He doesn't want to be interviewed. He's uh, painting for himself uh, and not selling his art anymore. Yeah, except for the CCP. And then we see an older interview yeah. with Peshan. Yeah. And he says, "My intent wasn't for my fake paintings to be sold as the real thing." Dude, for sure they got him. They should. They for sure the China's done shit like this. They just pay mil. Dude, I think it's very possible. <clears throat> That he could have been a CCP stooge. Yeah. And they cut him loose. Yeah. Very well could have happened. I don't know. No, I mean, even if it's not him, there's guaranteed somebody by the government, paid for by the government, that's faking all kinds of shit. And the Chinese are probably giving him all the correct fucking bullshit. I could very well see this happening. And yeah. I'm, you know me, I'm not a uh, moron conspiracy theorist. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Hernandez says, Peshawn knew Just ask the guy in the paints department to whip him up some pre-1943 fucking anti-aluminum, whatever the fucking... Pigment yellow. Yeah. Yeah. Yellow number 03665. 
Uh, Hernandez disagrees. He says Peshawn knew where these paintings were going to, yeah. and he signed the names of the artists. Right. And yeah, in, especially like when he knows, he comes back and is like, "I know how much you're making. Well, I want in." And to be specific, in that field, that is the legal definition of intent to deceive when you put a signature. All right. On a so what happened to him? Let's hear it. Well, Perry, the lawyer of Daedalus, says, "I'm surprised that, frankly." that the Chinese painter was able to leave the country, that immigration wow. hadn't been alerted. Um, they knew who he was. Who's they? Immigration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So why was he, he allowed was. to leave anyway? And Hernandez yeah. says, Peishan is probably China. never coming back to the U.S. China. He'd be a fool to do so. And it's a real shame because now Peishan has the fame from having done this, but none of the consequences. He has no money? Is that what they're saying? Well, I guess he's got street cred Beauty in Shanghai. Fucking Bitcoin. Who knows? I transferred the Bitcoin. <laughs> I got all my money. I don't care. This I, is, I made about $35 million doing this. Doing this. Before Bitcoin. Uh, well, no, 2013, I guess the start. Just, uh, Patricia says, you know, it's very hard to put yourself in someone's mind. I have a harmonica to sell you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, nobody but Ann Friedman herself knows what she believed or didn't believe. And M.H. Miller says, not only was Ann Friedman not charged, she is still in business. She's still running a gallery. Um, no. Jeffrey says, you know, I'm thinking maybe you wouldn't want to take up a new career after this. Baseball cards. <laughs> I get into a different line of work. <laughs> Perry, the lawyer. Mary Kay. Yeah, do something. Get into a pyramid scheme. Just a different yeah, form of, yeah. you know, fraud. Get into a reverse pyramid scheme. Uh, I mean, it's remarkable to me that she's out. She's selling art in a gallery and that people actually, you know, are knowingly dealing with her. Yeah. And the director says, well, would you buy a painting from her? And Hernandez says, no. Uh, and then he goes around to other people and says, would you buy a painting? No. It's a lot of no's. I mean, again, if it's authenticated and shit. I don't buy paintings from a woman that has a Pollock in her house that's spelled wrong. Just by principle. Fair point. Um, Look, it's a mistake. <laughs> it's, it's an it's error. An error. <laughs> it's an error. Um, Eleanor says, the only time I relieve, relive the moment and get upset is when I walk down Madison Avenue and see Ann Friedman sitting at a table at a coffee shop. Imagine you try to split the L into two L's. That's what I would do. <laughs> I would get, a fucking, get dental floss. I would have done something. Get whatever the fake painter was using as a blindfold. Hey! I would have gone to... Uh, I would have gone to Rothko's kid and just be like, do something, bro. All right? Yeah. You know people. Yeah. I got crack Make this money. disappear. I got crack money. Okay. Well, Patricia says, on the other hand, it's an extraordinary case. And you say, this is just so unlike anything. But on the other hand, it also makes you wonder... How extraordinary is this? How many other things are out there that we don't know about? And Jack says, I think the Nodler episode has cast a shadow. How long is the shadow and how long will it last? I don't know. Well, Hernandez says, as long as people are selling art for a lot of money, we're going to see large-scale frauds. As prices rise, there are new artists, new excitement, and new treasures are found. There will be more cases like this. And sure enough, we see multiple headlines. Art expert 
warns of a surging market in fake prints. Guggenheim painting proven to be a fake. The prints, the flash, and the forger. Well, we learned that while searching for Pei Shen, um, they discovered a factory in Shenzhen, China, that makes copies and fakes for international collectors. And we see scenes of the factory workers diligently ripping off a Pollock. Yeah. And where is this again? Uh, Sichuan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shenzhen. 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 That's Shenzhen. one of the big port cities. Okay. Yeah, in, dude. In South China. There's a little factory in there. Fucking A. Goddamn. guys just... They're doing pottery. They're doing everything, dude. Yep. And then they're also using their means to authenticate it. Of course. And then... Or they pay out. That's why they need California. So or they're just doing the shit that you asked me in the first episode is, hey, Chris, you're a huge Pollock fan. Would you pay 10000 for a knockoff Pollock, knowing it's a knockoff? And no, I would not, because that's yeah, dorky, too. and you think it's cool. I mean... <laughs> you still think it's not, cool. Not of a Pollock, I don't think it's cool. Oh, but a Rothko? No. Uh, okay, like so... A, like a dolly the, or something. Oh, I thought you were going to say the dog's playing poker. Not that's gay as fuck. <laughs> okay, so surrealism is okay, but that's adex? not surreal. I'm not just surrealism. Like, I, like, you know, I'd pay ten grand for like a for like a fake Rembrandt. Like, a, you have no taste. All right, I mean, moving on. Stanley Brand says the I, Rembrandt is my taste. Like, that's the thing. <laughs> but it's not. Like, a rather, rem, but it's like, not a Rembrandt. But like, instead of getting a poster or a reprint, uh-huh. I'd rather have somebody just like make a painted a reprint. Rembrandt. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'd prefer that. Stanley's, I think it's cool because then you can go and like look and still look at the brush strokes and shit. Like get really close. But they're to not it. Rembrandt's brush strokes. I mean, you try to get as close as possible. <laughs> I mean, this guy was able to do it. Yeah, fucking Chinese okay. motherfucker. I mean, all right. You know what? They I want? teach it. You they teach shit like that. Dave, for my birthday <laughs> no, next no, year, no, I want a fake Pollock. No. Okay. No. I mean, no, 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 no. All right, Stanley. Maybe. I'll get you a Picasso. Stanley says... A real Pablo Picasso. I'm not going to say Stanley's line. Good. Uh, Go to the end here. (laughs) Skip ahead a little bit. (laughs) It's getting late here, folks. All right. Luke says, it's a story about our history. Yes. It's a story about how we should think about art. Ten years ago, that painting behind me would be worth $5 million. It was coveted by some of the most important collectors in the world. And right now it's sitting in my office. I can touch it. It's worth nothing. <laughs> and you think about whether the experience yeah, it's worth of the something. Yard. You might find something to buy for ten thousand dollars. I like a good duplicate, dude. I'm telling you, there's a market. The painting he's referring to is a fake um uh motherwell. Who's that? Robert is that- Motherwell. Okay. I, I wasn't sure if it was like the name of the painting or if it was like the name of the painter. No. Motherwell? Yeah, Robert Motherwell. Cool. We talked about him in the last episode. What about Fatherwell? <laughs> Chippa. Back to Konakova. She says, I think the only vindication would be if the whole world believes she was completely innocent. And I think that's now her life's goal. And Anne says, I think I'll be judged for what I've done. Of course, I've made mistakes, and I'm willing to keep on doing what I need to do to earn people's trust. There's 30 people who know who she is and care. Hernandez says, well, everybody everybody else is buying a painting. They don't know. 
They don't even know about this fucking stupid documentary either. They don't know. They don't care. She's walking. She's got to pay. She's got. I'm not saying they're walking off the, off the street, but she's got a place. She's got a gallery. Looks nice. Made a nice website. I'm sure. Yeah. And Probably she has a phone it. number, and she has a business card, and she's and if, well put together. If you want a private cell, you can watch this documentary and call her because oh. it's it's it's, it's on, in there. It's on there, yeah. yeah. Her cell phone's on. Maybe it was a, maybe that was by request. Maybe and maybe she was like, maybe, I need all the business. Maybe that's, I could her, get. maybe that's her gallery's address or something. All right. Well, Hernandez says, "Well, ask the people who spent eighty point seven million on their paintings whether they think that's good enough." Anne. And. Next, we see Anne walking by the site of the former now uh, Nodler Gallery that's been boarded up, and um, she is says, the "Building historic? No, it's not particularly like it's in New York though. Like yeah, a nice it's part. A brown, it's a nice brownstone on the east side. Right, brownstone. I mean, when was it built? I don't know. I thought all brownstones are like coveted. I in don't New York. know. I'm sure it's worth money. It's real estate in New York, but okay. it's not like you know. Yeah, it's not like the Gamble House. Yeah." All I know is how to do, all I know how to do is to keep going. Well, in July 2019, the 10th and final lawsuit was settled involving a fake Marth Rothko that was purchased for $5.5 million. Mm-hmm. Rosales at it. is currently working as a waitress in a ah. diner in Brooklyn. Yeah, making 10 cents a day. And, <laughs> and they're taking three cents of it. And Ann Friedman oh. uh, continues to sell art. So That's fucked. So That's the end there. That's the end. All right. You think she? You think she was in on it? Ah, man. Without watching it, this is a t- this is a tough one. It's a. I don't think that either way, uh, you're gonna be robbed of a decision. I and how old is she nowadays? Or like, I think ru- she's in her seventies, late seventies. I think maybe. she. I think she knew. I think she knew. I can't make a for sure. I think she knew because of the Pollock. Because it is a perfect alibi when I think about it. But I also understand the concept of Stockholm syndrome and the concept of lie. And like, does the does the Pollock have a misspelling on the front? No, it's just where it's on the back. It's on the front. Oh yeah, yeah, it's on the front. front. Okay. Yeah, she walked by it every day for ten years. (laughs) So stupid. That's tough, dude. Uh, I don't know. That's well, Dave. I think she knew though. Um. I'm I'm still undecided, and I guess the only way we're going to solve this is if you watched your first documentary that Down on the Docks is covered. I don't think so it's that- solve anything. <laughs> I don't think it's going to solve them one damn thing. Honestly, I was going to be just as confused as before. <laughs> they're going to convince just like just like they're going to convince you that the aliens are real or that the aliens are fake or that whatever that JFK was killed by the Russians or something. That's just gonna be like, nah, yeah, yeah. I think she did it. No, she didn't know. Yeah, she didn't know. Yes, she know. No, I mean, who cares? So you're just she's old. Yeah, let her let her die with the gallery. Well, the good news is it's now time for my rating. Okay, the doc Um, rating, rating of the document. This is a three star doc. Okay, it's three out of four. Yeah, it's very. Why did we ever settle on four? By the way. What's that? Why did we ever settle on settle on four? By the way, why did we? Because yeah. here's the thing: movies traditionally were always four stars, rated out of four stars, uh-huh. okay. and then somebody got involved. Yeah, they added the fifth star, and then it went to ten. And then it's yeah. like, guys, we don't need that many stars. You're Just right. keep it at four. Yeah, A, B, C, D, D, and keep in mind. 
They're not stars. One They're star. dockings. Yeah. It's you a completed the project. You finished the movie, but you can't. So you can't fail technically. But you can get a D, a one star. Um, so three star. All it, right, it's solid a B. Three docker. Three docker. You know, uh, a three is a B plus. It's a B. Okay, it's a B. Um, so that being said, we want to thank you for taking the time. Because we're not, it's not percentages. You're right. It's not seventy five percent. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, it's a B. Okay. Um, so. Thank you for joining us. Yes. Um, as always, join the Discord. Hop on Twitter. Give us a tweet, follow, whatever. Our microphones work. <laughs> Our microphones do work. Yeah, we're using the correct output for the, these microphones. They are working. You can find us at Down on the Docks Pod on Instagram and always send us an email at downonthedocks at gmail.com. Now, Dave, it's teaser time. Yeah. Next week, <laughs> we will be. Oh, I thought you're going to stick a feather in my asshole and tease me. No. All right, let's go. Um, next week oh, we will cats. we Sorry. will be discussing the documentary entitled "Struggle: The Life and Lost Art of Sukolsky." Oh. I figure we go back to back with the art, just because okay. we're on a streak. Okay. If you want to watch this doc between now and next week, you could find it on Netflix. Uh, it was uh, released in 2018 um, by George DiCaprio. Uh, who produced it and is, I think, Leo DiCaprio's father. Yeah. Oh, so, it is? Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. So um, I, I, that'll be next week. Nepotism. Um, and then we alluded to the fact at the beginning of the show that I am going under the knife. Yes. If you've noticed in the past few episodes, and a couple of people have, they're like, yes. Chris, I'm hearing a lot of... Uh, You're looking, sounding pretty gay lately. little sinus pressure. Right. So I have to but go... Are you the, hanging out with Dave on the weekends? Yes. And the answer is no. No. No, I'm not like that anymore. No. I'm going under the knife for uh, assist removal of... Uh, Revenge my, of the cyst. My maxillofolifloracaca. Cool. And um, tonsil removal. Cool. So they do it all. So you're 12. Apparently. <laughs> now, when I do oh, this. Oh, you're going to have a lot of ice. You're going to have a lot of ice cream and, 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 and they have popsicles. Dave, they've told me I might lose 15 pounds. You could use it. <laughs> no, I don't <laughs> so, know where I would lose, where you lose it. So two weeks, they're saying um, no heavy lifting. Yeah. No uh, intake of food. Well, this podcast is done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll be eating everything through a straw. Yeah. I have heard that you can put a cheeseburger into a blender. Don't do it. And put it in a straw. And, and then I've it. heard if you do that, you'll never want a cheeseburger ever again. I think you're right. <laughs> yeah. So stick to the juices and the juices and the mooses. Well, no, no. The podcast will go on without me. I've been told that you plan. The hell on, it will. No, we have a sub coming in for me. No. Yeah. Who? Uh, Matt Walker. Okay, <laughs> but that means we have to reverse roles, and then and I gotta you, be I gotta be the the chief. I'm kidding. Well, we'll, it, it, <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it we'll, out. We'll play it by ear, but we will make a formal announcement because I will down for at least a week now. If mm -hmm. I have true Cali Rip blood in me, yeah, and the stars align, uh, we will not miss an episode. Yeah, we'll see what happens. So, uh, but I'm thinking it'll be at least a week. Well, we'll have to maybe double up one day. Okay. All right. Um, so, guys, that's it. Thanks hopefully for joining it sounds us. better in here. We got a carpet. We have carpet, so hopefully the reverb is gone. Um, put some Dave, we're doing that thing that we don't like to do at the end of podcasts. Just keep talking. All right. <laughs> we'll talk to you later, buddies. I'll be in uh, Florida in March. Meet me. See you guys.